Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Architects of Entropy, and this is War, part three of a, uh, as many as six, I guess, part series. And we are back with Rick and Scott. How you doing, guys? Great. It's, it's so good. So good. <laughs> Great. Great. So ready to display some tactical brilliance today, let me tell you. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. So just to give a little bit of a recap of what's been going on over the last couple months of this burgeoning conflict in the South between the Dragonborn and the Orcs, the leader of the Orcs, Adalar, the necromancer lich, master of the Orc armies, is attempting to put together some kind of dastardly ritual to raise a bunch of undead dragons. And in doing so, he has sent out minions to go to different places and bring back something to help with advancing the uh, clock as far as hatching some dragon eggs so that they may be more useful to him uh, as quickly as possible. And the Dragonborn have launched a counteroffensive after one of their major generals, the head of their knightly order, was assassinated by orc agents. So it is known throughout the region that a battle is brewing. The dragonborn are marching to the orc city of Charlotte. And as far as the missions for the time magic, one of them we know the result of is a bunch of orcs tried to steal an artifact from the Asimar and almost did it but were foiled at the last second by angelic humanoids who now uh, know that the orcs want something. Whether that goes anywhere or not, we'll, we'll find out. So what we're going to do to kind of kick things off, instead of doing the big scene at the end, we're going we're gonna to do the big scene in the beginning because this is kind of going to determine a lot of what happens in a lot of the month for the orcs and the dragon at the very least is the preparations and aftermath of this battle. So for this battle, I decided to employ a system that I found on the DMs Guild, which is a uh, you know resource for D&D kind of homebrew stuff, a uh, simple mass combat that I found, which basically just kind of reduces your armies to a bunch of tokens. And it kind of allows you to, you know, have each army kind of pick each other off and uh, give you kind of the opportunity to make things as narrative and explain it however you want. Uh, which is what we're doing. So for this one, Scott will be controlling the Dragonborn armies and Rick will be controlling the Orc armies. And Scott, tell me about your army. Well, the mighty Dragonborn army is commanded in the lack of the most noble and renowned commander being assassinated. The uh, Dragonborn have gone with the somewhat controversial Riardi. I I've already can't pronounce the last name I came up. Kandrathiki, okay. um, also known as One Eye or Hate Eye, um, <laughs> uh, because uh, Riardi has had uh, one eye removed in a battle that she refuses to talk about. She's a very aggressive commander. And the idea here being that the Dragonborn are on a clock and they got to move quick. So they've gone, all right, don't pick Monty for this one. We need somebody who's going to go and perhaps slightly to uh, the detriment of the army. But the army would be made up by the fastest moving troops. And then assuming that we will have to lay siege and destroy fortifications, we will have the engineers there supplemented by our well-compensated uh, kobold allies. <laughs> Excellent. We're going to see some kobolds in action. Mm. Great, great. So, Rick, tell me about the armies defending Sherlock. Uh, well, they're led by Kraltar the Sneaky, a very intelligent, well, you know, 
average intelligence. I don't know. And he's kind of known also for being kind of bloodthirsty, get out there, do things right in the thick of it. But he's got some advantages. You know, first of all, there's these big walls and such with ballista and a handful of catapults, you know, things like that. And he also has among his assets uh, some of those glass blade assassins and a handful of necromancers. Uh, in addition to that, you know, he's got just your common everyday infantry soldier. That's about what he's got going. Okay. So you have some interesting assets and then a lot of just bloodthirsty orc maniacs that yeah. you can unleash numbers. Yep. Alrighty. So how the system works is the army is all mushed together as a, as one kind of big thing, as far as the numbers go. And each army is assigned, they call it APV or army point value. It basically is made up of the put together CRs of whatever troops are in the army. And then it is represented by army tokens, which are just an abstract representation of each of the army's strength. So as the battle goes, you will be attempting to remove tokens from the opposing army by doing a contested engagement role. As simple as it is, there are any number of things that will modify the role per each engagement. I would say for a lengthy siege like this, I'd say that each engagement is probably will represent a day of battle and the results of the engagement role will determine which army is victorious on that day and how many tokens each army will be reduced by. And then after the engagement, any army that has lost a token will have to roll a morale check and the morale check will determine how things go moving forward. So what we're going to do to kind of spice this up a little is at the beginning of each day of the siege, each of the battle commanders will have the opportunity to put together some kind of plan and they will tell me what that plan is and how they're putting it together and uh, we'll have them make roles and the roles will determine battle plan modifiers for the day and knowing what kind of assets they have i can give modifiers to those roles and we'll uh we'll do a lot of you know just fudging around with this very kind of loose rule set because numbers numbers basically will just determine at the end of the day who wins and who loses and generally how it goes and everything else will flavor in as we go so are we ready to go guys yeah yeah i think so Okay, so set the scene here. What does the city of Charlotte look like from the outside, Rick? It's a uh, probably crudely built but sturdily built walls, and it's right out of the, the mountains. So, it, I mean, the dwarves would look at it and laugh. It's like, oh, my God, this thing is pathetic because there's like no art, but it's almost hewn out of the natural walls and fortifications there. And uh, it's just kind of imposing and intimidating and you know, just kind of unpleasant to look at. <laughs> you know, the idea of besieging it doesn't seem like a great idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> what an orc would say. <laughs> yeah. Courts. Um, and, you know, like there's like one great tower in the center that probably has uh, the catapults and then some of the smaller towers at the ballista. All right. So it is a morning. And there is a kind of haze in the air, and there's a lot of smoke that is pouring out of the various fires going on within New York City. And there is a mountain pass on the other side of where the city is located. And this is where any invading army would kind of have to funnel through. So as dawn breaks on the scene, what do we see as this army of Dragonborn approaches, Scott? 
All right, well, uh, in lead will be, as we get close, will be the heaviest armored, the main assault troops, the knights, that kind of stuff. They will be first, and we'll push out around. Any quick-moving things will move around to quickly kind of surround this being cut it off, and the rest of the army will move in, like, you know, your standard missile troops and standard infantry and stuff will set up, you know, across from the main gate and start being broken up. They're very organized. They move very quickly and efficiently. There is a, a bit of theater to this as to try to overawe defenders with the numbers and discipline and all that kind of stuff. The night before, there was a lot of planning, like, no, this unit goes to here, this unit's here, these people are here and and very quickly kind of move in to try to surround the city to begin the siege you know there would be like a, a probably in a van unit that would make a, a dash for oh hey can we get to the gate and then as soon as the gate is like closed it's like okay well we, they didn't fall for that and we'll get out of arrow shot quickly and kind of all right and then they loop back around and that kind of thing and then you know scouting units will go, go run around and look for okay are there are there weird tunnels or anything like that we have to we have to find you know um using any kind of like you know, magical assets they have to like kind of clairvoyantly divine in is like, okay, do they have supply tunnels? Do they have tunnels that we have to dig under and interdict or things like that? And then presumably being a, a dragon army, we have some air units, which at this moment will just be used for reconnaissance. Okay. And then it's all setting up siege camp. That Cool. Alrighty. So what we're going to do right now, the first thing we'll do is we will have you guys, we'll do the battle plans. Okay. Uh, for each group, and we'll have you guys each tell me your, what you're going to do and what you're going to roll to enact that plan. Right. Well, we're going to launch defensive siege weapons at this army that's besieging us, and the catapults are going to be filled with rocks and bone. Lots and lots of bone. Matter of fact, if, if the Dragonborn are paying close attention, there's probably a lot of bones strewn around the ground outside the city. <laughs> all right. So well, that's uh, great. Our drummers broke all their sticks, so this is going to work out awesome for us. <laughs> so, uh, what do you want to roll to uh, enact this plan? I don't know exactly. Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you just want to make a straight intelligence roll. Well, yeah, probably an intelligence roll. There's a little bit more going on here than it's just straight up here. And so far, it's uh, the necromancers. Once there's even more bone laid out here. Uh, plan on uh, right. doing the the equivalent of spike growth, except it'll be bone growth mm -hmm. to make the area hard to pass, and uh, you know, presumably have bones lancing through. Okay. Well, uh, um, yeah, intelligence chest. That's works. Okay, go ahead. Uh, that's a twenty-one. Twenty-one. Okay. Okay, Scott. Um, and I just need to clarify, is this is not the city where, um, this is the first kind of stop. This is not the city where we think the eggs are, is it? You're, you're uh, correct. Correct, yeah. okay, yeah. So this can just be a crater in the ground. We don't actually need to seize and hold nope. the city for any reason. Awesome. Okay, so um, the main point, and assuming that we set up, you know, siege camp and the first quote-unquote day is the first day we actually have capacity to do anything other than surround the city, our first attack you know, we're going to concentrate the siege weapons for the most part on one area, you know, like the wall on the south side of the gate or whatever, you know, and concentrate there. Wherever the siege people think, we have a we have the best chance of knocking that down. But a fair amount of the catapults, trebuchets, whatever we got, are calibrated to launch flaming things into the city. And the other thing that will happen is we will start again because we are on a kind of a time schedule so we will start an escalate which will uh, just a full-on assault on like if we're bombarding 
the south end of the city, we will do a, a, an attack on the north end of the city with just ladders and ramps and, you know, stuff like that. You know, things that wouldn't take all freaking time to build. Like, I'm assuming there's a few days where putting together the trebuchets and stuff because they, they don't travel. Right built. Um, they travel as piles of lumber and rope. So I assume that crap all happens. So I think if, if the orcs want to fuck around with us before then, they certainly can, because we won't really be doing anything but dressing up our lines and getting ready and minor skirmishing of, like, you know, sending forward archers and stuff to try to pick off people off the walls, just to be honest. And then once things are kind of assembled, we'll start doing that. But what we want to do is, hey, if we can get some dragonborn up on the walls... And I say south and north just because we, we haven't mapped out the whole city. But like, hey, if we can get to the part of the walls, if we can even just get on the walls temporarily, we have a, a lot of capacity to cause fire. So we'll light a bunch of shit on fire. <laughs> if, if we have to then give up our foothold on the walls and retreat back down, that's fine. Uh, but like at this point, it's terror attacks because we don't. You know, not to put too fine a point on it, but we don't actually care about the citizenry here, and we're not trying to seize and hold the city. It's just in our way. So um, we just can't leave it intact behind us. So it's it's kind of a messy, messy siege at that point. But that's what we would try to do, is, is cause maximum damage to the interior of the city on the first couple days. Okay. So what I'll have you do is uh, this, this basically this role will determine how much of that you're able to put into action. Sure. Uh, I feel like this one would be intelligence because there's some moving parts to it. So it seems like that would be the way to go. Oh my. All right. That is a 21. Okay. Nice. So Rick, you're going to have a total bonus of 12 to your roll, okay. which will indicate your battle plan and your uh, assets. defensive advantage and your right. assets. Scott. You'll start with a total of 14. The big advantage you have is numbers initially. His starting in a defensive position gives him a little bit of a more tactical advantage. As far as the tactical advantage goes, because there's a bonus for tactical advantage, I just took off a little bit on yours because you were the attacking army, but you do have numbers, so that will push you ahead for this first roll. So the engagement roll. Okay, so this is a, a weird thing, but I'm going to see, uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to do it the way they wrote it. So this is going to be an opposed check based on, well, it's normally based on intelligence, but if you want to sell me on something else, that's fine as well. Yeah, intelligence is fine. Okay. You're each going to roll 3d20 and you're going to take the middle result. Oh my God. I... And then plus your modifier, and then we will figure out um, what that means. Yeah. Oh, the middle result is yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there was some science to that when they wrote this up, so I'll see if that... I assume it's just to give you some kind of bell curve yeah. so that you don't blow the, you know, the you can get really crushed in that roll because it's... Yeah, it's just, just you just roll a natural one yeah. and that's it. Yeah, no, yeah. actually, I, I do kind of like that. It, it just kind of makes sense. Gives you more options. Alrighty. So you're from the Dragonborn. What'd you get? Uh, 11, so modifies up to 25. Okay. Orcs. Kraltor and his uh, bloodthirsty band of orcs got a 22. 22, okay. Alrighty, so it is a marginal victory for the Dragonborn in this first assault. Yeah, take that, civilians! So what that means is that Scott, the victorious army, will lose two tokens, and the defeated army will lose three. So 
what happens is this. As the Dragonborn are moving out, they are moving with quite a bit of speed and defensive measures from the orcs are fairly devastating, but they're not able to keep up with the speed that the Dragonborn are filing out and approaching the walls of the city. Their assault from the catapults will put a lot more bone and rock out on the field for whatever the necromancers are going to do later. But the uh, result is that there are dragonborn who are starting to breach the defenses and a lot of the foot soldiers you have out responding to the attack are starting to get a, a little bit pasted. But it's still early in the battle, but this first day victory will go to the dragonborn. So each battle commander will need to make a morale check. For the morale check, it can either be a uh, wisdom insight or a charisma persuasion check. Rick? Hey, uh, just because this kind of seems like crawl towards way instead of persuasion, can we do intimidate? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, you can, yeah. It's the orcs, come on. Right, that makes sense. So the circumstance modifiers to this roll for you, Scott, there's a minus two for tokens lost, but you have a different, you have a plus five for the difference between the two armies, but you will have a minus two to your roll do that because your army is partially made up of conscripts and mercenaries. So that will give you a uh, total of plus one to this roll. And Rick, you lose three because of your losses, but you will get a plus four because you still have strong defensive measures. So that will also be a plus one. So basically, as long as your result is higher than 10, there's no change in the armies, but... I got 19. 19, okay. Your morale is still strong. Dragonborn. All right, we are in a, it's a charisma persuasion um, role. It's a insight or persuasion or sell me on something. Okay, yeah, no, I think persuasion is good. Uh, I feel like attacking, so we're roused up and, you know, carrying the day based on force of personality. So that'll be a 19. Okay. Uh, 20, sorry, I have a plus two there. So. Okay. so there is no attrition due to morale. So uh, morale is high on both sides, despite the Dragonborn making a uh, good showing on the first day of the siege. The orcs are still holding the city. So as we move into day two, let's talk about battle plans for the second day of the siege. All right, uh, Rick went first last time, so it seems fair for me to go. Day two we're, is going to be uh, more of the same. We'll move things around so we're not always hitting the same spots. You know, we're, we're uh, at this point just trying to cause maximum damage to the defenders and, and cause the most amount of trouble for them. So, you know, I'm assuming the city is mostly not inflammable, but, you know, there's going to be things that can be burnt or damaged with fire. So we will continue that up. We will throw another escalade against one of the walls again. If we shift our attack at a different wall, we'll, we'll escalate the wall we were attacking before. And then the, the new thing we will do is our siege uh, department will begin uh, tunneling to undermine the walls. Okay. At some point, we'll drop a wall and we'll just pour it. That's our... Luckily, there's no bones or anything that'll be a problem. So. <laughs> Rick? Well, uh, the residents of the graveyard will start to... Uh, <laughs> uh, will march out to attack. Largely skeletons, for some odd reason. Um, <laughs> but there's some zombies in there, too. Um, uh, we don't discriminate. And in addition to those, we'll put our lightest and therefore fastest warriors on the wall with basic rakes or other siege-like devices to push away that and make sure that none of those nasty dragonborn get up on our walls. That's great. Have that happening. Addition, more of the same from day one. 
other than the uh, undead marching out. We'll probably send an uh, necromancer out with some of the heaviest infantry to do the bone spikes and, you know, recruit from the dead. Hmm. That's the plan right now. Great. Alrighty. So, yeah, give me your rolls for your battle plans. See how you really are implemented for the day. Hmm. How do we do? A 14. A crawl tour got a 20. Alrighty. So, rolls wise, going to look pretty much the same as yesterday, only because you have the number, Scott. Tackle advantages are still about the same as they were. You just have a little bit more troop wise. Your battle plan is enacted decently, but not perfectly, uh, but that'll give you a plus 14, Scott. Rick, you will once again have a plus 12. Your tackle advantage is still holding, but your battle plan is working quite well. So let's see how that goes. We'll go ahead and move into the engagement phase. Oof. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the orcs got 25. How yeah. about Dragonborn? Die, zombie orcs, 28. All Good right. news, oh, got man. some new recruits for you. <laughs> Okay. Good. Uh, we'll use is, more. This is another marginal victory for the Dragonborn, largely because of numbers, though your army is slowly being replaced by undead, which will give you uh, benefits in the morale phase. And uh, I might actually, I'm going to call this, yeah, this is a marginal victory, but I'll each have you lose two. And that is represented by the fact that you are losing, but gaining forces, Rick, because of right. necromancers. Hey guys, so we got to wear out the necromancers. Just got to tire them out. They've raised so many people. So yeah, so, um, well, actually, yeah, um, Scott, I'll let you do a little of the flavor of this day of battle, so I'm just be taking all of it. All right, well, um, again, it's a lot of burning stuff, especially that invigorates once we realize, oh, yeah, that's right, there's necromancers. So burning the corpses of those we kill is a really good idea. So, like, giants will escalate, and the, the speedy guys with orcs are uh, pushing ladders back, but the, the weight of numbers and the fact that once there's a dragonborn vanguard up there and he goes... <gasps> There's a lot less people pushing ladders down uh, as a breath weapon come out. And so they'll, we'll get up on the on the walls and hold the walls for a little while and, and just basically force an engagement where we can kind of have a stand-up fight for a little while. And then realizing that the like our reinforcements get kind of delayed when they come out, when they sally out with a bunch of zombies and skeletons. When the graveyard core comes out, they, we have to give up the wall. And so we retreat back just trying to be satisfied with causing damage and then the guys who are going to come in and exploit the wall breach stop and have to throw back this attack of uh, zombies and stuff like that and um all the while trebuchets are just hucking burning sh- into the can we swear on this they're hucking burning shit into the yeah, into no, the we, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. All... okay i never remember yeah i know it's fine yeah no, no, uh, i gotta swear yeah, more i'm sorry gonna... everybody i i that is like I apologize for censoring myself. Anyway, that's pretty much how that goes. And okay. it's, you know, again, very marginal of like, okay, we kind of did what we had, wanted to do, but it's, it's not great. And then we're like, you know, wasting a lot of time, like trying to smash down these bone things that have grown up and, and smashing those down so we can kind of move out of the way. And it's, it's annoying. Necromances are annoying. Alrighty. So morale is going to go as follows. Both of you have a minus two because you both lost the equal amount of armies. However, Scott still has the uh, plus five advantage. You get a minus two though, because you still have mercenaries in your army. Morale wise, even though this was a uh, a little bit of a defeat for you, it's effectively a tie, but you have a weird advantage going forward as far as morale goes, because now 
a uh, portion of your troops, Rick, of the orcs are now being bolstered by things that don't quit. <laughs> um, so use the minus two for losing the tokens, but you'll get a plus two because your defenses are still holding fairly well and a plus two because your armies are partially undead. So uh, your morale roll, Scott, will be at a plus one. Your morale roll, Rick, will be at a plus two. As long as everyone's over a 10, uh, everything continues as uh, yeah. as always. And you, We're good. We're good. We're both good? Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Alrighty. Uh, day three. Let's talk about battle plans. Alright. Now, Kraltor is getting sick of this shit. You're locked up in a tower, pushing pieces around the map. This is mm-hmm. stupid. So, he's going to um, launch uh, the counterattack, leading it himself. Uh, with the uh, elite heavy infantry and as many dead things that can walk as possible. to take the whole necromancers out with them. <laughs> okay. You know, that are here, not obviously not all. Right, 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 right. But, um, and he's going to push into this army hard and brutally fast and see as, how much damage he can do. In addition to this, he's going to send out some glass blades to sneak around and get into the enemy's leadership camp and kill some of this crap. All right. What about the dragons? We are now uh, beginning to focus the bombardment on one of the weak spots, whatever we've determined is a weak spot on the wall to try to drop that wall on the opposite side. We're continuing to undermine the opposite wall because basically we want to uh, drop them. I'm going to assume that that will take a little bit of time. So at this point, there's just a lot more. There's a a few less burning things getting launched up over the walls and a lot more things just cracking into the walls. So there's there's just kind of a drumbeat of rocks hitting walls very consistently. The fun thing that we're going to do, we will faint a bunch of Escalades again, but we're not too worried about actually getting one up unless we hit a spot that it's like, oh, this is not very defended and then we will throw ourselves over the wall. The thing we'll, we will do is we will send uh, any flying troops we have, uh, or any flying units we have, which I'm assuming we're dragony, and uh, have have some shit that flies. We will fly it over the walls, and then we will use those kobolds in there. Bizarre things that blow up, and any wizardy spellcasters we have to just rain death down on any concentrations of defenders and any troop computations we have. The theory here is that, you know, they're not going to be stupid enough to gather all their guys up by like the main gate to charge out. So it won't cause a ton of damage to people, but it will uh, be terrifying because getting hit from the air is bad. So that's what we will do. Okay. Alrighty. Go ahead and enact your battle plans. Oh yeah, that's probably what he should have rolled. Uh-oh. How do we do? Not well. Uh, that's a six. <laughs> Oh, yeah? Well, I got a nine, so you can just go right to hell. Oh. Yeah, oh, baby. Right. <laughs> Much brandy okay, so. for the, for the uh, officers <laughs> this day. Yeah. It's altogether too much planning. It's just like, oh, no, we should have just run out so, of there. So your general, Rick, has ordered all of the necromancers to go out on the wall, and a portion of them have been, no. <laughs> no, that's dumb. Your babies <laughs> will die. So maybe not as much support from the uh, the necromancers as you were hoping for. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll still raise dead troops, but uh, this is that's a bad idea. So uh, you still do have the plus eight for the tactics. Your battle plan's really only going to give you a plus one, so your total is going to be plus nine. Dragonborn still have the numbers advantage, so you will have a plus thirteen, Scott, to your uh, engagement roll. Rick, you will have a plus nine. 
go ahead and make those rolls. All right. Things are going bad with yours. Oh, That's boy. a 17. Okay. 32. Oh, my <laughs> God. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is a crushing victory. Yeah, it's a crushing victory. The defeated army loses five tokens. All right. Oof. I think what happened is we we sent out this huge portion of our military and their flying things are like, hey, let's attack the masses that are, you know, sheltering within the walls. We're like, oh, wait a minute, they're not sheltering within the walls. Yeah. And they just started bombing the shit out. <laughs> yeah, and then like the guys are fainting a thing and there's like there's like three orcs up here defending this wall because they're all out. Please like, well we'll just climb in then and start killing everybody. <laughs> just go. <laughs> Uh, do that yeah that's great <laughs> i can't believe this worked all righty so we'll go ahead and do the morale right now because uh, right. that may make uh, a real difference on, on how this continues um scott you will have a plus 10 so that's basically an automatic victory uh however rick you will have a minus 10 all right all right that that was uh, a morale failure okay what did you roll well uh Seven plus five minus 10 is 12, or two. Two, two. okay. Two. So this is what happens. The result is you lose two more tokens immediately of troops that just run away. The battle is all but lost. Winds up basically being up to your general, but I'll have the victor describe their crushing victory. Yeah, well, I think the way this this works as much as we expected is that what was supposed to be spoiling attacks and morale-busting attacks by the flight units and kobold bombardiers turn out to be way more effective because there is a massed group for them to target, and they are surprisingly effective at whatever casualties they may cause. It just disrupts the kind of surprise, full-on orc and zombie charge out of the thing that would have hit, you know, a sizable force, but not the whole force. And it allows the generals to do stuff. And then, hey, I was not fooled by the, hey, well, the last general we had was murdered by a bunch of assassins. So there's a lot of like false headquarters around and there's a lot of extra security and the glass blades don't get anywhere close. And so the command structure's intact and they're able to pull forces quickly into a defensive line to meet the charge once the initial surprise of the attack is spoiled by the flying unit dropping crud on them. Additionally, a fairly large contingent on the opposite side of the city escalates the wall and overcomes the weakened defenses there and starts running riot through the defenses at that point. So that probably causes some of the panic because as the battle is joined and it's, you know, the units probably engaged, you know, are there equal forces? There is word that Dragonborn are in the city behind them and that would cause some of them to flee. And then once Phobos starts getting involved, the orcs start to pull back and the, and the undead keep going. And, uh, you know, and they get cut down because it's like, oh, well, we don't have to fight those guys running away. Kill these things. <laughs> And then whether a guys in the city can hold it or not is probably up to whether Gaius wants to continue to contest the city. Like, if he rallies his forces and charges back into the city, there's not enough Dragonborn in there to, like, keep him out. So he could probably eject them out, you know, and we could fight on. But I guess that's up to opposing general wants to do. Right. And we will go to the opposing general as basically, I'm assuming uh, your general has set terms. Hmm. Scott? Uh, no, uh, uh, Hadai is an unconditional surrender sort of a person. So oh, okay. uh, I think this is a, you surrender, 
we think about not killing you. That's how this is going. I mean, presumably we would take prisoners so that we could ransom them back for the eggs, but I'm going to guess the orc's going to know that the necromancer values dragon eggs way more than orc generals and isn't going to go for that. So, you know. All right. right. So the orc general has a decision to make. All right. Well, yeah, he's going to... Well, you know what? Actually, oh, you know what? I should... He led the attack. Yes, he did. So we have to determine whether or not he's even still alive. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to give him a constitution savings throw. All right. Um, and he is an orc, so he is, you know, it's pretty good at it. So, um, all right, I got a DC in my head and we'll see if he hit it or not. Okay, I'm the wrong part of the ship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 17. Okay, yes. You have actually survived quite well. You are a very hardy uh, orc, and you're an orc, so. Yeah. So I, again, leading my troops from the front, swinging my two-handed sword and my plate mail, uh, will lead them back into the city to push out these invaders, have any remaining glass blades, poison the waters, salt the earth, and we're ready to go down. Because <laughs> it's gonna happen pretty quick. Like, we're not giving up. Okay, so this is what I'm gonna do. The Dragonborn appear to have this pretty sewed up. You have 12 tokens over. Again, we'll be using the undead and stuff and some okay. screens and everything else. Um, things that go creak in the day and night so that the Dragonborn... <laughs> you know, right, right, right. He's just trying to buy time so that it's nothing useful for Dragonborn. He realizes yeah. this. Okay, go ahead and make a roll, uh, make some kind of roll to uh, force your necromancers to necromancers. That's intimidating. Hmm. Of course that's intimidating. Because they're, they're the ones who failed you. Yeah, the dice aren't on his side today. Uh, that's a total of 12. Okay. It's got to be kind of hard to threaten a, a necromancer. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, what are you going to do, kill me? Come on, dude. Yeah, That'll just bring me back. It's not a problem. Yeah, but then you'll be subject to that one swim that brought you yeah. back. You're not powerful enough to be a lich, I'm telling yeah. you. Alrighty, so for this final engagement roll, this is kind of going to determine how this goes. Uh, Dragonborn will have a plus 20 to their roll. The orcs will have a plus 9 for remaining defenses and what little they have left. But they're still orcs, so... They are still orcs. Yeah, and the Dragonborn plan is at this point just all out. Go take it. Just everybody go. (laughs) Alright. And how did we do? Well, with that plus 20, I got a 26. Oh, wow. wow. Well, with that plus 9, I got a 24. Oh, well, that is <laughs> something. Yeah, that is a, uh, a marginal victory for the orcs. But what that means is that the Dragonborn army will lose three tokens and the the orcs still lose two. Yeah. <laughs> Which will put them down to two. Yep. The Dragonborn press in and, and uh, the remainder of the uh, orc and undead forces, I imagine they're kind of like, you know, burning down the city ahead of them. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Poisoning shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dropping tiles on us as we come through the streets. You know, it's a bad time. Can't even claim we're in the city as liberators. We're just here to destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Crawl tore the sneaky didn't really try to save <laughs> I mean, if they can get out, that's great. It's not stopping yeah. them. But not like you put a large amount of military. Hey, go and make sure those people get out safe. Yeah. These people are eating their food. Just put them out there. Put them outside the walls. It'll be fine. 
Yeah, basically, this morale roll is going to determine whether or not the orcs maintain some kind of cohesion. Well, your roll, Scott, for your morale check will be a plus seven, which would normally be much higher. The morale roll for the orcs will be at a plus two, and you're really lucky to have that. It's enough. It's an 11. Yeah, 16. Okay. So we're going to go one more, and we'll just go ahead, and since this has come down to the wire, you have, well, yeah, see, I mean, your army, you have... Yeah, uh, here, here, here's the plan. Here, yeah. Here's basically the plan is uh, get the necromancers out. Okay. Anybody else going to die here? All right. This is what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and just make one final roll. This is going to determine if the necromancers make it out. All right. You'll be rolling, Rick, just straight. All right. And Scott, you'll be rolling at a plus 10. It was right. about the same as before, but... And this is just the battle planning role, or is this? Yeah, the... this is just in the. This yeah. is just the final engagement. We're just okay. Yeah, there's not. There's no plan. It's just, hey, run through the city, burning everything down. Yeah. Don't drink any of the water. Go, go, go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> About four hundred guys to his like a hundred. You're still outnumbering him quite a bit, but he's just trying to get. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll be leading people away and, and yeah. you know away from them and that kind of stuff. I mean. Yeah, and we're just we're just gonna try to noose. So it's just a question if they can find a gap, you know, that we didn't cover and get out um, as we kind of just push from all sides in. So yeah, okay. Let's see how well we do. Ooh, I'm sorry, it was a plus nine. You said? Yeah. Okay. Slightly better. I got a twenty-four. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. That's a sixteen. Okay. So try as they might, the final remnants of Sherlock are basically just annihilated by these dragonborn. Some of your troops have fled. Maybe a necromancer or two might have gotten out. But this has been a serious defeat to the orcs, which means, you know, they're they're gonna have to you have to get some help from uh yeah. from some people up north. Um, that still uh still still makes a lot of sense. So do the dragonborn armies occupy the city or are they just gonna burn it and move on? I think we're gonna burn it and move on. I assume you know you still have yeah, the campaign plan was that, hey, we're not going to be able to trust. These are necromancers and orcs whose first moves are always assassinate and, you know, poison and stuff. So we wouldn't expect to grab and hold territory and then use that as a base. So it's just we will put people, you know, behind to kind of keep supply lines to come in. But I assume we're carrying as much with us as we can and, you know, getting uh, resupply from the air when we're not engaged and things like that, you know, like to, to be able to move quickly because we don't have time to, like, take cities and hold them. So we'll just, we'll mongle it up and, you know, just trash it and move on. Okay. I mean, I don't think we'll bother to stop and loot, but, you know, I'm sure somebody will. Okay. But uh, the Dothraki who were all killed an episode ago are back and they will recruit, uh, they will loot <laughs> the city, but the rest of us are doing stuff. So yeah, they're going to keep moving because the I think the whole idea of the campaign is, has to be speed. We have to keep going and get our eggs back. Right. Get those eggs back. Okay. So we'll talk about the results of this uh, defeat and some other things that are going on in the third month. From my end, I can tell you that there have been some sorties in this month by the VAR to test some of the dwarves' defenses, not really go after them, but just kind of like they're sending scouting missions out. They're being a little bit aggressive just to see how the dwarves win. And the dwarves being dwarves, 
will always be able to just burrow into the ground and cause trouble. So, but it's a little concerning to them. I'd say there has been no direct response from the SMR to what happened. Uh, they're probably spending time trying to figure out what that was all about. And if they've been doing any uh, uh, reconnaissance around the area, uh, once uh, a big battle happens and one of their cities is devastated, they'll probably have a pretty good idea that um, whatever the orcs wanted, you know, might have had something to do with that. <laughs> they seem to be the kind of people just randomly just go and, and get revenge because, you know, I mean, they lost. So, you know, the orcs lost. So what more could we do? <laughs> Obviously, there's probably going to be a lot more defenses on that mountain. <laughs> go figure. Yeah. We should put a guy here. <laughs> I would say also that the orcs probably have made it to the archipelago. Mm. So they're trying to uh, get some demons to help them out. A little quid pro quo. Yes. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I, I think will probably work fairly well. Um, yeah. It's just the demon's price is going to be a thing that's kind of lurking on the horizon, yeah. uh, depending on how things work in the future. So um, which should start to help push his ritual forward. So on the orc side, how would you say they're probably reacting to this defeat? Poorly. Uh, they're, they're not happy about it. He was one of their smartest commanders. And the fact that he lost so lately, uh, very poor. There had to be traitors and it's them. There's no way the dragonborn are actually superior. <laughs> the level that they just showed on the battlefield. We're the masters of war. This should not happen. So, yeah, they're probably drumming up undead legions, and uh, you don't really have to construct bones. They're pretty much all born soldiers, you know, just the way they're raised as soldiers. You know, I suppose if they're young enough or old enough, probably not reach that point of desperation. They're not happy, and they're going to have to arch and um, strike. In addition to that, of course, they do have that other resource that this needs to be tapped now that they've uh, attacked, which is dwarves need to uh, follow through with the agreement. With this. Scott, what other things do you think are going on in light of this victory? Um, well, I assume this would be the main thrust, and then the idea being because the goal here is not a stand-up fight to the death with the orcs. The goal here is to, to stop the ritual, recover the eggs if possible, but at the very least to stop the ritual that smaller groups have been sent out and then whatever diplomacy if they have any contact with the var to like encourage more things to just bleed attention away so that they won't have more stuff but like you know like smaller columns would come in to try to divert forces and then if there's like oh if you have a line to go you know go you know kind of a thing and like if there's a you know kind of questing knights and they can do a force 10 from navarone into the necromancers hold Layer or whatever, they would try to do that, but obviously they would have to bleed forces off to do that. And if they can do that, that's fine. If not, everything will just start continually pushing that direction to get there. And it's, you know, again, it's kind of an exercise in speed. So, you know, there's diversionary forces and false intelligence and all the things you can do to just try to keep it from being a huge blocking force in front of them, which would require a stand-up fight and a pitched battle, and they don't want that. They're like, oh, we'll have a pitched battle at the Necromancer's Lair, not before, kind of a thing. So they'll try to avoid that, but it, the main force will just steamroll right along, and then if other forces get around behind anything, any blocking forces, they'll keep doing that. So it's pretty straightforward on the dragon side. We're going right in there. We want our eggs back, and we want a reckoning. You know, they figure, hey, they're going to pull out all the stops here, so you know, weep to rally whatever allies or anything we have, or, you know, and again, the enemy of my enemy is our bestie right now. So we'll, uh, <laughs> I'm again, I'm thinking dragons are pretty smart. So they'll, they'll have kind of an idea. It's like, oh, these barbarians are down there. It's like, yeah, we should definitely encourage that kind of crap. You should definitely encourage them to cut a swath through the orc lands. That would be great for us. <laughs> 
So uh, uh, that would, that's that's a good thing. Go send some zombies to deal with them, guys. Uh, so that's pretty much it. And, uh, you know, I assume there's, you know, a, a fair amount of dragon magic and whatever being bent to assist the armies in the field. If not, you know, full on. All right. Big old dragon. Go. Land on that city. Explain to them why it's a problem that they're doing this. <laughs> All right. So I think with that being said, with this crushing defeat, we know that the orcs are going to reach out to their friends, the dwarves to ask for aid. So we will close out this month with that and move into the next one. See how this, uh, see how this little powwow goes. So I want to take a little time with that. So we'll go ahead and uh, we'll call it for this episode. I think that this sets the tenor for this war that's going on. So we'll see you all in two weeks for month four and beyond. So uh, thanks a lot, guys, for this experimental uh, battle thing. I think it worked fairly well. And uh, we'll see you all in two weeks. Bye. 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 Thank you, everybody, for listening. And once again, we would love to thank our Apprentice Architect Patreons, Gillian and John Christensen, Suzanne Bell, and Caitlin Thompson. We could not do this without you. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash AOE podcast. Have fun. We'll see you next time.